Welcome to SA Wellcast, the podcast where we explore the many facets of health and well-being. This podcast is brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Well-Being and a generous grant from the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Good morning. Welcome to the St. Alphonsus Wellcast. My name is Kim Cleveland. I'm a family nurse practitioner with the Department of Corporate Health and Wellbeing at St. Alphonsus. And today we have a special guest on. We have Dr. Alex Perakal. She is joining us from Duke University in Raleigh, North Carolina. A little background on Alex is she went to my alma mater, University of Michigan, for undergrad. And then she did her medical school training at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. And then did her residency and fellowship training at University of Chicago. And she is a breast radiologist at Duke now. And today we're going to talk to Alex about all things breast cancer and screening. And she's going to let us know everything we need to know about the topic. So welcome, Alex. Good morning, and thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Um, So how is the weather today in the Duke area? Oh, it's beautiful, sunny, a little chilly in the 40s or 50s, but bright blue skies. Oh, that's great. That's really good to hear. It should be a nice day then. Mm Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. You know, what are your interests? What are your clinical interests? What do you like about your job? All that kind of stuff. Sure. So um, I actually work in the community division at Duke, like you mentioned. And um, I have kind of the unique opportunity in that role as um, I get to serve as a breast radiologist. So I do a lot of breast cancer screening, diagnosis, biopsies and breast cancer follow-up, but I also do a lot of general radiology, and that includes other procedures um, in the general radiology sphere, as well as reading, you know, emergency rooms, CTs and x-rays, and anything from pediatrics to age 100. So it's a really um, interesting role that gets me exposure to all different types of radiology, but yet I get to focus on my true passion, which is breast cancer. Oh, that's so great that you get to do both, though. It seems kind of like it'd be interesting to see both sides yes, of it. Yes, it's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. That's great. So for you, if you're you know, in breast radiology, so you're reading mammogram studies that people have done, but then you'll also do like the biopsies and that kind of thing if someone has a lump or something concerning, correct? Exactly. So we do all the screening mammograms, as you mentioned, and then we also perform our own ultrasounds on patients if they have a like you mentioned, a palpable lump or if they have focal pain in their breast. And then we perform the biopsies and we follow up with the pathology. And then we will usually refer them to a surgeon at that point. And then we also see them again when they come back before their surgery to do another procedure to localize the area so the surgeon knows exactly which area to take out. And then after their surgery and after their treatment, we see them every year annually. So we do get that patient follow-up and continuity of care. So, you know, we see patients year after year. Um, and it's a really nice blend of diagnostic work and interventional work. That's really great. I think it's really cool how you get to see those patients year after year. Because I think in radiology, it seems like most people aren't going to be seeing the same provider year after year, too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, we love it because we love to see our survivors every year come back to clinic. It's exciting for, you know, us. It can be nerve-wracking for them, of course, to come back to the clinic after you've already had an experience with cancer, but we, you know, treat them as 
as if they were our patient and, and we have a small group, so we have a close relationship with a lot of our patients. Oh, that's so great. I cannot imagine a better person for those patients to be seeing year after year. You must be so comforting for them, your smiling face. So that's so great. Well, cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about breast cancer. And I'm hoping to get some of your expertise on this area so we can kind of help the general population get some insight into the importance of screening and what that looks like and what they can do to keep themselves healthy. So can you tell me a little bit about the incidence of breast cancer in the general population? Sure. Breast cancer remains extremely common in the United States and around the world. In fact, in the U.S., one in eight women will develop breast cancer in her lifetime. It's the most common cancer diagnosed in women. And um, we can't forget male, our male counterparts. So it's also one in 1,000 men will, be developed, uh, will develop breast cancer. So not as common, but definitely just something to be on everyone's radar. And it's really that, you know, screening has become so important. It has cut down on the um, the fatality of breast cancer from the 80s when screening mammograms were instituted. That's great. So, you know, in my opinion or from what I've heard, you know, it's mostly in older women. Is that true or is it pretty common in women under the age of 40 versus over the age of 40? What does that incidence look like? So the most common age group for women to be diagnosed with breast cancer is actually over age 50. But that doesn't mean that women younger than that are not diagnosed with breast cancer. And in fact, um, women under 40, uh, the, about 40% of cancers that women develop under the age of 40 will be breast cancer. So it is still an extremely common cancer diagnosed under the age of 40. So they're typically more high-risk women. Um, but there is a, a large incidence of patients who are between the age of 40 and 50 um, that are also diagnosed with, with breast cancer. And about um, about 5 to 10% are kind of in that range. Okay. So you know, if it's common for women under the age of 40 to get, you know, breast cancer diagnosis um, as their cancer diagnosis, if they're unlucky enough to to get that, do you um, recommend screening at that point? Or at what point should we start our breast cancer screening journey? Sure. The American College of Radiology recommends that all women at the age of 40 begin breast cancer screening. And that is for average risk women. And we can, um, you know, discuss a little bit about higher risk women who are the ones that we recommend starting to screen before age 40, but really all women average risk to begin annual mammograms at the age of 40. Okay. Um, and so that's the average woman, you know, what makes someone higher risk? Like why would someone need to screen earlier than that? So typically there's a few risk factors that we look at and there's some modeling um, that we use to determine a woman's risk. But the most common risk factor for a woman to, to engage in earlier screening before the age of 40 is a family history of breast cancer. And if a woman is uh, found to have a family history or other risk factors that elevates their lifetime risk of breast cancer above 20%, then we usually have the conversation of starting to screen earlier and more. So in addition to mammogram, we recommend annual MRI screening as well. But that's not to say that if you don't have a family history of breast cancer, then you shouldn't undergo screening mammogram because it's really important to mention that 85% of women who do get breast cancer do not have a family history. So a very only small percentage of women that have a family history of breast cancer will actually um, be the ones to develop it. I think that's a kind of a common misconception I hear a lot from my patients is, you know, I didn't have this running in my family. I didn't think it would happen to me. But by far the vast majority don't have a family history. So that just kind of reinforces the importance of everyone getting those annual mammograms. Interesting. 
And is it important for people to get one every year? Like, what if I'm, you know, 40 or 42 and I decide I only want to do it every few years or something? What do you think about that? So annual screening is definitely our recommendation. And in fact, women who are younger or premenopausal who do develop breast cancer tend to have a more aggressive cancer that can grow faster. So if you're not giving getting your mammogram every year, and we see this very common, even, you know, two, three-year gaps, sometimes in that gap is when those cancers can develop. So my recommendation is definitely every year mammogram. Sometimes, um, you know, women that for other reasons don't come back or they forgot, and definitely during the height of the COVID pandemic, we saw a lot of women unable to come and get their screening mammograms. And, you know, we see that we're seeing that effect even now. So we definitely in the radiology world and the, the cancer treatment world believe in every year mammogram. Interesting. Are you seeing a lot more women coming in that have developed cancer during the COVID pandemic because they weren't able to get their screening done? Or You know, we're just starting to see that. And some modeling studies have come out about not just breast cancer, but other cancers, the gap in screenings that occurred during the pandemic. So I think it's a little early for us to tell for sure, but we definitely saw gaps in screening, which which will no doubt lead to, you know, some later diagnoses. For sure. Well, that's a good reminder for everybody to go get their mammogram for sure. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, you know, you kind of answered if you are low risk, we should still start screening at the age of 40 as women because, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like from what you, you know, you've seen and from the data that women between the ages of 40 and 50 are still getting breast cancer. Women under the age of 40 are still getting breast cancer. Um, And your history of family history of having breast cancer doesn't always, you know, predict your likelihood of getting breast cancer. So it's hard to know if, if you're going to be the one. Um, okay. Yes, exactly. Great. So one thing that I've heard from patients and from friends and from, you know, just other women that I know, like I have dense breasts. They told me my breasts are really dense. What does that mean? And what does that look like for screening recommendations for women um, who have those dense breasts? Sure, and that's a really important question. And, you know, the there's a few reasons why breast density is important to women and to us in the radiology world. There's essentially four categories of breast density that we break people, women down into, and that ranges from A to D. A is the least dense and D is the most dense. Data and multiple studies have shown that women who have category C or category D breasts, and those are along the more dense spectrum, have an elevated lifetime risk of breast cancer. So that has nothing to do with your weight or the size of your breast. You know, you can have a large breast that's very dense and you can have a smaller breast that's not dense. So it's not necessarily the size of your breast. Um, And that's only something that we can tell from really doing a mammogram. Now, in addition to the just general overall elevated risk, it also makes your mammogram harder to read the more dense you are. And that's especially true for the most dense category, which is category D. And only about 10 to 15% of women have that sense of breast tissue. In those patients, at times we recommend additional forms of screening. And right now in the U.S., there's two really mainstream ways of additional screening for very dense breast tissue. That includes whole breast screening ultrasound and screening MRI. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you may need an ultrasound or an MRI? Sure. Um, so generally, in these in the women who have very that have either um, heterogeneously dense breasts, which is category C, or extremely dense breast, category D, 
the um, tissue essentially can hide or um, obscure a small cancer. So if you have very dense breast tissue, it essentially shows up on the mammogram as the same density as a small cancer. So it can be okay. difficult to see it on a mammogram. Mm-hmm. With ultrasound, when you're doing a whole breast screening ultrasound, and some facilities offer this whole breast screening ultrasound, essentially you're taking ultrasound images of the entire breast, and that can show, um, you know, a small mass that may not be picked up on the mammogram. Similarly, breast MRI is probably the future, you know, of breast cancer screening. Right now, the cost and time effectiveness is not there in efficiency, so it's not recommended for everyone, but for women who have a high family history or who have these extremely dense breasts, MRI is really the best tool that we have. It's the most sensitive tool for detecting small early cancers and even pre-invasive cancers. So you can catch them before they even become a, a real invasive problem in the breast. Yes, exactly. Now, it's important to mention that it's still the recommendation that you also get an MRI, sorry, you also get a mammogram in addition to these extra screening modalities every year, and that's because some things can show up on a mammogram that you that you don't see on the MRI or the ultrasound, and especially something we call calcifications, so that's why a mammogram annually is also recommended. These are more of a supplement, not a replacement for mammograms. Okay. So a lot of women I know are really hesitant to get a mammogram performed um, once or yearly because they don't like the procedure or they're worried that it might be painful. And what do you have to say to those women? Yeah, you know, I, I hear that all the time. I, I have, there's a lot of common misconceptions about uh, mammograms, including um, there's, you know, a radiation risk involved. And as you mentioned, it can be painful or I've heard people mention they, they've heard that the if they do have a cancer, it could spread because the breast is compressed during the mammogram. Um, I will say that it can be um, uncomfortable, but usually most technologists are more than willing to work with you to, to your comfort level. And the exam itself is usually pretty short. So I, having had mammograms myself, I know they, are, they aren't the most fun, but you should be um, able to work with a technologist to make it as comfortable as possible. Another tip if you are premenopausal is if you schedule your mammogram in the first one to two weeks after your menstrual cycle, that can be the most comfortable time to actually have your mammogram done because you have the least amount of hormone changes going on in your breast and they're the least sensitive during that time. So if people have, um, women have extra sensitive breasts, that's usually what I recommend for them. Um, in regard to the cancer spreading, there's been multiple studies done. There's no at all, no evidence at all that breast cancer can spread from being in compression from a mammogram at all. So I would not worry about that. Um, the other um, concern that some women have is uh, the radiation. And that's, you know, a valid concern. Anytime you're undergoing a test that involves radiation, it's important to consider the risks and benefits. The important thing to remember about um everyone in their day-to-day life is there's background radiation that we're absorbing just from living on earth and a mammogram is about um, a few days worth of radiation of just your background living in the world it's um, also akin to a cross-country flight so many people would never hesitate to fly from you know in my case if i flew to you guys in idaho from raleigh it's probably about the same radiation that i would absorb from getting a mammogram oh interesting yeah that's good too here to put it in that perspective sorry alex this is candy who's popping in hey, on good morning. Here too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um i just had a quick question um sure. again too when we're talking about 
um, breast t- tissue and density and that sort of thing. So what about the women who have been told that they just have like lumpy breasts and um, like, what do they do or how sure, should so, they move forward? Sure. You know, and they can, lumpy breasts can sometimes be related to the breast density, but some women who have lumpy breasts have what we call fibrocystic breasts. So they even have small cysts. They may not necessarily have that dense breast tissue. It's kind of hard to evaluate on just a physical exam how physically dense the breasts are. You can have a, a lumpy breast, and, and I will say that does some usually correlate. The more um, fibrous or lumpy your breasts feel, sometimes the more dense that they are when they when you get your mammogram. I would say that I would proceed normally as if you were average risk. If you are 40 and above, get your annual mammogram and everyone is required to disclose your breast density to you. So you can definitely find that out on your report. And um, if you do have those dense breast tissue, you can discuss with your primary doctor or your radiologist if you should or if you qualify for that additional screening. Thank you. And so if you have Um, lumpy breasts, you know, is there a role you feel for self-breast exams? And and how often do you think women should perform those? And and what might they be looking for? Yeah, so there's been a little bit of controversy in the literature about self-breast exams. But I would say in in my personal experience, women tend to know their bodies best. And I trust women in their ability to know their bodies. So I, I am a proponent of self-breast exams monthly. Again, the best time to um, do your self-breast exam is usually in the shower in that first week or two after your menstrual period. And that's, again, because your breasts tend to be both the least hormonal and the least lumpy, quote-unquote. And then it's easier sometimes to, to notice subtle changes. In addition, if you're doing it at the same time every month, that cuts down on those inter-monthly changes that happen due to your hormones fluctuations fluctuation. Um, so, you know, even if you have lumpy breast tissue, you, if you're doing your monthly breast exams, you can usually know that, oh, this is different or this represents a change in my body. And sometimes that's a little bit easier for, you know, a woman to pick up than even her physician who's also, you know, doing annual breast, um, comprehensive breast exams, which is also very important. But I think women can sometimes find that interval change a little bit quicker. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, you know, your breasts on December 1st should be similar to your breasts on January 1st based on your your own cycle and things like that. Is that kind of... Exactly. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So assuming women are getting their annual mammograms, what should they do if they feel something different? Like what if they feel a lump or they notice a little bit of a change? Sure. Um, You know, and this is important and we see this a a lot in, in my line of work. Of course, you know, mammograms are not infallible. They're the best screening tool we have. But, you know, sometimes things can develop in the interval, as you mentioned. So if you feel a palpable lump or if you notice any bloody nipple discharge, any, any skin changes like puckering in your breast or uh, redness, especially near the nipple, talk to your primary doctor. Usually they'll do a breast exam and they'll refer you for what we call a diagnostic mammogram for more evaluation. And that's a little bit different from a screening mammogram as you come to the clinic and usually the radiologist is reading your exam in real time and determining if you need any other screening with an ultrasound, which is oftentimes indicated if you have a palpable abnormality. 
So we will perform an ultrasound at the same time and determine if you need any more imaging or if um, in the small chance you may need a biopsy of that area. So if you had a mammogram last month and then you have a lump this month, you should still go see your doctor and have it evaluated. Is that is that kind of the case? Yes. I would say whenever you notice a change, especially a new lump, definitely go back and see your doctor. Sometimes they, if it's been only a month, in that case, we wouldn't necessarily repeat the mammogram, but we would do other imaging with ultrasound. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so as far as, you know, we've talked about breast mammograms, breast MRIs, breast ultrasounds. If a woman is hesitant to have a mammogram done, are they eligible to have some of these other screening modalities done as an alternative or do they need to have the mammogram anyway? You know, it's our recommendation. American College of Radiology does have the data to support that the annual mammogram is the best study. I try to meet personally with women who are hesitant about getting their mammogram just to, just to determine the reason that is. And typically, um, we can usually come to some kind of understanding or help to dispel some myths surrounding, you know, the negative parts of mammograms. And not necessarily that we turn women away, but we just want to help educate women in the importance of mammograms and help to kind of, you know, break down what the barrier is to getting that mammogram. So it's not that they're not ineligible for these other exams. It's just that the mammogram is the standard of care, and that's what we recommend every year. And that in addition, we can do these extra screening, you know, tools that we mentioned, like ultrasound and MRI. Okay. That clarifies that. Okay. And then as far as preventing breast cancer, are there any recommendations you have for women for keeping their breasts healthy as far as their diet or their lifestyle or anything like that? Sure. You know, we, it's, it's a lot, it's very similar to a lot of other cancers, living a healthy lifestyle, not smoking, being active, eating a balanced diet, and also limiting alcohol intake have all been shown to decrease your lifetime risk of breast cancer. There's, in the world of breast cancer, there's what we call modifiable risk factors and non-modifiable risk factors. And those non-modifiable risk factors are, like I mentioned, um, exercise, avoiding alcohol, and eating a healthy diet. In addition to getting your screening mammogram, because the point of screening mammogram is to catch cancers earlier, either pre-invasive or a very early stage when the uh, survivability is extremely high. Those are kind of the main things that we focus on for prevention. Of course, there's other things that you can't control, like your age, your gender, your family history, um, the, the year you started your period or your menarche. And also how many children you have and um, breastfeeding your children has also been shown to reduce your risk of breast cancer. Interesting. And as far as genetic testing and things like that, is there anything coming down the pipe that you know of personally that that women can engage in um, to sort of determine their risk? So this is really the future of breast cancer screening and it's an exciting field that we're not quite there yet, but more tailored individual risk based on your genetic history, including your family history, will probably be where, you know, we eventually go down the line. And that will be, you know, a very tailored environment to, you know, when to start screening, how often and what type of modalities. Um, I just think it, we're not quite there with the data and the science. But as far as... Um, the average risk woman, as we mentioned, then that would be the you know annual mammogram beginning at 40. As we did kind of talk about, if you have a family history or other risk factors, 
some of those women will qualify for genetic testing, and there's a number of mutations that we know about um, that can increase your lifetime risk of cancer. But those are tests are usually reserved for women who have a, the strong family history. Okay. And sort of along that same vein of, of new things coming down the pipe, I've heard of something called thermography before um, that I've had some friends that have, they've done that instead. Is that something that you know mm-hmm. anything about or have any recommendations for? Um, so thermography has been around for a little bit. It's not validated uh, from the American College of Radiology or the American Cancer Society. Um, there have been a few um non-validated studies, but in my experience, it is a non, not a reliable or reproducible exam. In fact, I've seen women who have had a normal thermogram who very soon after that have a um, sizable breast cancer detected on mammograms. And reverse, we've seen people who have had a positive thermogram study come in and say, like, I've been told I have breast cancer based on this thermogram, and, you know, we go through their whole workup, and and they're negative. So there's both false negative and false positive. So we do not recommend the use of thermograms. Okay, that doesn't sound like a great test, then. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then do you have any other, you know, take-home things for our listeners for just general recommendations, maybe just a few sentences to just summarize what you think is best for women to do for their own bodies to keep themselves healthy and to keep themselves aware of any changes they have in their breasts? Yeah, sure. So for the general population, if you do not have a a strong family history of breast cancer, I I recommend starting monthly breast exams, you know, you can begin at the age of 30 and you can tailor that to the best time of the month that you found are, is reliable for your breast. If you feel a change or a palpable abnormality, even if you are below 40, which I didn't mention before, you should still get that checked out. So if you feel some change in your breast and you're, say, 32 years old, please still go to your primary doctor, have it looked at, and, you know, we can come in and do a, a more thorough diagnostic workup for you. If you are average risk and age, starting at age 40, you should have a mammogram every year. And if you fall into that very dense category, there's additional screening tests that we can offer yearly, including uh, screening ultrasound and screening MRI. For women who do have a family history, you should talk to your primary doctor. There's, um, again, as I mentioned, there's some models that we can go through to determine your lifetime risk. And you can be referred to an additional specialist to determine at what age you should begin screening and if, again, you qualify for any of those extra screening tests. It's important to remember that screening mammograms do not cause cancer and cannot cause cancer to spread. They are the best tool that we have for early detection. When women find, when these cancers are found early in women, the survivability is extremely um, high. In fact, there's more than 3 million survivors in the U.S that have, um, you know, survived breast cancer treatment. So that's very reassuring. And just overall living a healthy and active lifestyle can really be your best tool to decrease your risk of aggressive breast cancer. Thank you so much, Alex. We really value your expertise, and we're so grateful that you took your time to come onto our podcast and educate our listeners about the importance of breast cancer screening and how to keep themselves healthy Um, You've been so helpful and cleared up a lot of really important questions we've had, and we just can't thank you enough. So thank you. It was so nice talking to you, and thanks for having me. Yes, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm really passionate about breast cancer, so happy to spread that knowledge. Great. Thank you so much, Alex. I hope you have a great day. You too. Take care. Okay, bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us today on the St. Alphonsus Wellcast. You just heard our special guest, Dr. Alexandra Puracal, breast radiologist with Duke University. She provided us some really important tips for breast cancer prevention, detection, and ways women can keep themselves healthy. We hope this provided some important information for you that was useful. And if you want to reach out to her, you can reach her on Twitter at Alexandra, M-D, A-L-I-X-A-N-D-R-A-M-D. And you can tweet her a question if you have any questions. You can also reach out to us at sawellness at stalfonsus.org. Have a great day.